And now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. For the Thanksgiving Day Chapel Talk, I wanted to share with you a clip from a movie that I saw recently. The name of the movie is Babette's Feast. Maybe you heard of it. But I actually commend the whole film to you for your post-Thanksgiving meal entertainment purposes, especially if football may not be your thing. But let me set this clip up for you. The film came out in 1987 and actually won Best Picture by director Gabriel Axel. It's based on a book by Danish author Isaac Dennison, which is a pen name for Karen Blixen. But the plot revolves around two sisters, Martina and Philippa. And the interesting thing about their names is that they are named after Martin Luther and Philip Melanchthon. Although you will probably notice, as I did, that it doesn't seem like this is uh, about Lutherans, the sisters, nor the community from which they come. But interestingly enough, these sisters have a father who is the fearless leader of this austere Protestant sect in the northern shores of Denmark. Well, the father dies, and little by little, the townspeople begin to get on each other's nerves, despite the efforts on the daughter's part to continue the father's spiritual legacy. Petty grievances resurface, and they drift a good distance from the heartfelt Christian charity and piety that they once so cheerfully practiced. Their joy was gone, not anywhere to be found within the drab, colorless lifestyle that they lived. Enter Babette. Babette was introduced to the sisters by a mutual friend who said that Babette needed political asylum from a war-torn France. Now, unbeknownst to anyone in this stern sect, anyone in the community, Babette was a renowned cook. Matter of fact, she was the head chef of a very prestigious Parisian restaurant. Now, out of gratitude for the sisters taking Babette in, and for all the townspeople, Babette wants to cook a real French meal, she says. A French meal meaning an exquisite seven-course dinner with delectable delicacies artistically arrayed on every plate. The best meats, wines, champagnes, desserts, and imported cheeses. It's so good, as a matter of fact, as all the supplies arrive and she starts to cook away. The townspeople think this is overindulgent. This is too sensual for their sensibilities. And they make a pact among themselves to not say anything about how good the food is once they do sit down and start enjoying it because they don't want to overindulge. Remember, they're very austere and they shun the creature comforts. But a plot twist occurs when an unexpected guest arrives who is a general that knew one of the sisters in, the, in former years. Now, he's not aware of this pact to not say anything. So along about the fourth course of the meal, this general is so overwhelmed, he's actually transformed by this meal that's elevating him to a spiritual level. And he can no longer hold back. He taps his glass, and in this scene, he makes this speech. Take a look. Varmhärtighet och sannhet mötas. 
Rättvisa och fröjd ska kyssa varandra. Människan tror i sin svaghet och sin kortsynthet att hon måste göra sitt val här i livet. Och fruktar den risk hon där vi löper. Vi känner fruktan. Men nej, vårt val är utan betydelse. Den tid kommer då våra ögon öppnas och vi omsider inser att nåden är utan ände. Vi ska blott vänta i tillit och mottaga i tacksamhet. Nåden ställer inga villkor. Och se allt som vi har valt blev oss givet. Allt där vi har avstått från blir oss beviljat. Ja, vi får också det tillbaka som vi har kastat bort. Varmhärdighet och sannhet mötas. Rättvisa och fröjd ska kyssa varandra. Action. Did you notice the quote from our psalm today? At the beginning of the general's toast, he quotes Psalm 85, verse 10. Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace, bliss, shall kiss one another. The general is the least religious person at the meal, and he stands up and prophesies from Scripture. But it turns out it was not only for the general that this rich feast became a spiritual experience. It proved truly redemptive for the townspeople as well. What was so petty, it's so difficult to forgive between the hard-hearted townsfolk, suddenly began to melt away in the saturated goodness of that fine French feast. One man confesses how he wronged his brother years ago, and the brother responds, I deserved it for all the wrong I did you, my friend. Love is rekindled between spouses who had grown resentful and distant. The whole mealtime experience, far from plunging this austere community into shameful gluttony, became the meal table they never wanted to push themselves away from. It ends with them joyously joining hands and spontaneously singing a robust hymn together. Babette had truly blessed them both bodily and spiritually. There was no need to divorce the two. Her culinary talent and generous heart proved downright redemptive and enlivening. I hope you can see the connections here. Not just the obvious one with a Thanksgiving feast of several mouth-watering courses, but I hope you see the connection with Christ. In Christ, truly we see the conjoining of God's mercy and truth, righteousness and peace. Forgiveness and redemption, 
body and spirit, even a meal and salvation when we consider what the Lord's Supper is and what he so graciously gives out of himself there to all those he welcomes to his table. Yet this precious mealtime with the Lord himself, which sustains us until he comes again, is still only a prelude to a heavenly banquet for all peoples, a foretaste of the glorious feast to come. So enjoy your meal at home today with those you love. And remember who it is, according to his mercy and truth, that grants you all you need to support this body. He gives you your taste buds and stirs your merry heart. He continually supports life here on earth and eternal life in the perfect world to come. Amen.